slightly different this morning. So instead of a true sermon, we're on this um, series about journeying with Jesus. And we felt like one of the ways in which we experience journey together is by hearing the stories of those of others in our community. So this morning we're going to be sharing, we're going to have two people from our congregation come and share their stories of how God has met them along their journey. So I'd like to invite Joe up. Um, and Joe, you may notice, you may recognize Joe. Sometimes you may not notice him because he's always behind the singers, um, hanging out on the drums back up there. And uh, Joe... <laughs> Joe is one of, our fa- one of my favorite people um, because he brings so much joy and energy. I mean, I, I had this thing. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, so I learned this from one of my former bosses where he actually called everybody his favorites. He's like, they're my favorites. Just kind of like how God has made you all and loves you all, right? But Joe is one of my favorite people because every time I see him, he's so full of joy and brings, brings joy for all of us. He's a character, but he has a real story to share. So, that's for you. Um, and we're gonna and we're gonna get to share share stories together. So, um, Joe, would you tell us a little bit about who you are and your family, and just just something something simple. Hi. <laughs> that simple enough. Sure. Thanks for thanks for all the nice things that uh, that you said about me. You're one of my favorites too, actually. I'm certainly one of my own favorites, that's, that's a fact. Um, good morning, and um, thank you for having me. Um, I don't know, am I holding this close enough? Yeah, you're good. Can everybody hear me? Usually yeah, people can hear me without a microphone because I'm pretty loud. Um, that was kind of funny, you know, drummers. <laughs> you know, everybody tells drummers to calm down. I have a, a cartoon, I've just got to share this with you. It's really hysterical. It's the, the original Batman and Robin from back in the probably early mid-60s, and uh, the caption says, uh, their drums stupid, and you know, because it's like, those are so loud, you know, and it's got Batman backhanding Robin. Anyways, I think it's hysterical, so I guess only a drummer would get that. Um, but uh, but I, I really, I, I love this church and congregation. Um, I see so many of you on a, on a weekly basis, and um, you know, as, as, as we as my, I should say, as my faith grows and as, as my walk with Christ continues, resumes, expands, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I've been feeling more of a, 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 a calling, if you will. As something's been tugging on me for a while to, you know, to maybe share and get a little more involved and maybe get to know people a little bit better, you know, in, in, our, in our congregation, in our, in our fellowship. Um, Real briefly, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't come to faith the way that, that many traditionally do, I guess. You know, I didn't grow up in, in the church. I, I didn't grow up with much of a conception of, of God or, or faith. In fact, my, my awareness, I guess, as a young boy was with my father's mother, um, my grandma Cookie, as we called her. She, um, she passed away, actually, in, in 1998, but she was probably the only real stabilizing adult force uh, of my upbringing, of my childhood. And um, she, she was a, a woman of faith, and she, she spent, you know, many years. She was, you know, grew up in the Catholic Church, and she'd go to Mass. And on a couple of Christmases, she had taken me to Mass with her. My brother, my, my full brother, had been, uh, I guess, with our mother. or with, I can't remember where, but, but I went with her. And 
you know, and I, and I felt a, a power and a presence with her and through her faith that, that I couldn't really explain. Um, you know, I grew up kind of tough. Um, you know, I, I don't cry about it. It taught me lessons that n- very few other people could learn otherwise. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I came to faith, and it's, it's, it's a, a huge part of my story. But I, I came to faith, and I found God through recovery. And, um, yeah, so let, let me, so basically you, you have this experience, right, that's not really in the church, not, not, didn't grow up in the church, had some, had some like inklings of what faith might look like in distant ways through your family, but, um, so why don't you tell us a little bit and just continue that story by telling us a little bit about how God's met you along the journey. Like, what, where did you first find God? What kind of, what started to stir those things in you? Um, and where has he met you? Well, it's a great question. I, you know, I found God uh, actually kind of, kind of, um, kind of uh, ironically. You know, I, I found him when I was, uh, you know, probably at the lowest point of my life. And you know, I used to pray and say, "God, please get me out of this. Please get me out of this. Please get me out of this." And then he would, and then I'd completely forget about him until the next time I got in a jam, and then I'd say, "God, please get me out of this. Please get me out of this." And um, and, and so, you know, I, I became more or less, uh, I guess, aware, if you will, or developed a God consciousness, mm-hmm. um, you know, through, through recovery at first. Initially, that's where it started, and I credit that. I'm certainly not going to turn this into a, into a, a meeting of any sorts, but, um, but that's where I, where I first, mm-hmm. you, you know, developed a sense that there was something much greater than myself that I wasn't really quite sure what to call or how to identify with, um, and, um, and it kind of grew from there. Yeah. So how did, how did your relationship with God lead you into this community? How did you kind of end up here and connecting with Jesus? When, when did you take that faith, that faith step to say, man, God, you're like real, and I'm going to be a part of, I want, I want you to be a part of my life. You know, and more than and more than just a oh yeah I know there's a higher power in recovery without question yeah yeah and and and, and over the years so as the years went on I, I you know my higher power I, I began to call my higher power God very shortly after I'd I'd uh, I'd changed my life and and begun to take steps to you know to grow up and to and to to you know to come out of the life that I'd lived and and so that part was was rather easy but I'd always felt something. I'd always felt God, I should say. I shouldn't say something. You know, I'd always felt God in the presence of God. And then when we started bringing our boys, when my lovely wife and I um, started bringing our sons when they were much younger to the preschool here, um, you, know, we had, you know, we had talked about coming to church on Sunday. And, and, and once again, God had grown in my heart year, year by year had grown more and more in my heart, in my actions, you know, and I'd, I'd changed many of the ways that I'd lived my life by that point. Um, I started to do many things differently. Um, and, and so the boys started coming to the preschool here and we kept asking each other, well, should we come to church? Should we go to church? Should we go to church? And so one Sunday, I must've been, I don't know, five, six years ago, I guess we, we came to church and, um, <laughs> that's it. (laughs) God just went, oh, there you go. Gotcha, boy. And, um, you know, and he hasn't let go. And um, then I I made the decision to be baptized. In fact, I was baptized right in there by Ross Browning. Um, um, It was about four plus years ago, I want to say. And, you know, today I pray, I get on my knees every morning and I say, please. And 
and at night I get on my knees before I go to bed and I say thank you. And, you know, I try to be just the best man that I can be, um, you know, starting with, you know, being a man before God, you know, to, mm-hmm. to obey God's and Christ's commands to the best of my ability. Yeah. So how has community played a part in your journey toward God? Um, but community here, community with others who have supported you in your faith, what, what's kind of driven that? Because you said you came here and God just like got you and you're like, I want to be here. Can, can you point to what that might have been? I, I, I'm, I'm kind of a weird person because I, for as loud and as outgoing and as boisterous and gregarious and as fearless as I, you know, appear to be, I'm, I'm actually a, a very, very relatively low-key, conservative, very kind of private person. And, you know, that's, you know, that's evident in the fact that, you know, to this point, you know, I haven't gotten to know more people in, in this community yet. Um, but how God, you know, this it, it, serving is is great it, for me. There's there's very few things better than seeing other people happy. And and I grew up around so much darkness and negativity. And I won't go into detail whatsoever. But I I, I didn't have a it, the first thirty years of my life weren't too good, and the last twenty one have been have been you know steadily become better and better and. And, and after I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior and I made the decision to raise my sons in the church and to be of service, and when I started giving of myself and I stopped worrying about what I didn't have and, and what, what, what bothered me, you know, I, because I grew up a very, very angry, very, very bitter young man, basically due to my circumstances, and I never blamed anything on anybody. I always took responsibility for everything I did. You know, I've been independent since I was a teenager, and I never, I never called on anybody for anything. And now I call on God every day, and I call on Christ to, to forgive me of my sins mm-hmm. and to teach me. You know, I have a very specific order that, that, I, that I keep in my life and, and that I put God first and then my wife and then my children and the rest of my family, then my church family, my recovery family, my work family. Mm-hmm. And I try to be to the best of my ability, although I fail miserably. I try to be the best man and the best husband, the best father, the best boss, the best employee. I have a, a, a kind of a personal credo. I, every time I come in contact with another human being, I want them to walk away feeling better than they did when they walked up to me. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I just that's something that's very important to me. And a lot of people in the world mistake faith for weakness. And I've, I'm coming to find, as I grow in faith, that the strongest, most powerful people I know are the people that are closer mm-hmm. to Christ. And that put Christ in and have a God-centric life are much, much stronger than anything I'd ever known before, you know, starting yeah. on this journey, if you will. Yeah, and um, what, so as you've gone through this journey, what are some ways in which you have felt led to give back? And I know you, you already said that there's not, that you're like, oh, I want to be more involved, I want to do this, whatever else. And we all see you up here worship, leading worship every week and your beautiful, friendly, welcoming face as you, as you greet all of us as we come in um, at different times when Jay lets you, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but um, so, so we, we've seen some of those things, but how, how, is, how is your faith, how is your experience of who God is rubbing off on how you care for others as well? That's a great question, too. God's everything to me today, and, and 
And when I find something unacceptable to me, if I'm angry, bitter, resentful, if somebody make, makes a negative or a disparaging comment to me, if things aren't going the way that I think they should go throughout the course of my workday, um, if I'm in a conversation with a member of my family that isn't going the way that I think it should go and it, it's turning, mm -hmm. I, I stop and I ask myself, you know, is, am I in the right place? You know, what's my part in it? And, and what am I doing? And how can I make the situation better? And, you know, it sounds kind of corny, but, you know, it's very, very difficult. You know, if, if most of us, I, I'll speak for myself, if I'm truly, truly honest. You know, and honesty is very, very difficult for many people I've come to find over the years. And if we're really honest with ourselves, you know, it, the more that we spend time giving to others and, and, you know, time is something that's so precious. And, I, you know, I'm just a kid. I, I turned 50. I'll be 51 in a few months. And, and I've come to find... Well, I, I'm a kid. They call me kid all the time. So he's great. Like he is gray in his beard. I know. Uh, there you go. I love well, it. When I shave it, I look so a lot good. younger. So, so when I find that, 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 that I do for other people and, and I try to the best of my ability to be of service, you know, whether it's, you know, you know, praising, you know, God every Sunday morning, um, you know, whether it's doing things around the house to help my wife, whether it's picking up the, my boys from school, you know, whether it's, um, you know, tending to a, you know, taking care of somebody's troubled situation at work that, you know, that they created and then walked away from, you know, benefiting my company without it doing a thing for me. You know, one thing that I've, that I've come to find some of the most, the greatest joy and satisfaction in life is, is doing the things that have absolutely zero reward for me. Mm. Just doing them just for the sake of doing them. Because it makes me feel good. You know, it's not about making other people feel good. It's about making me feel good and knowing that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, you know, that God, God would have me do. You know, and mm. putting God in my life first is, like I said once again, it's, it's, Every day that I put God first, <laughs> my day is just so much better mm -hmm. than when I'm focusing on me and what I don't have and what's angering me and, you know, how many people are cutting me off on the way to work and, you know, things of that nature, just whatever it may be. So, mm. Cool. Thanks, Joe. Anything else that you want to share? Anything else on your heart? You're like, you know, I, I, I love uh, uh, this church and I love this this group of people and there's... There's a, a just a, a I guess a kind of more of a wholesome feeling here that that I didn't experience you know in a few other churches you know throughout my life and um, and I just I, I love being here and um, I'm very humbled and grateful mm. and honored that that you would ask me to share a, a little bit of my story and um, and um, cool. and you know I can honestly say that you know the 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 congregation was was very welcoming of my, my family, my wife and I, and, and our boys. And, um, and um, I'd say that it's, it's, it's easily um, the most joyful, satisfying thing that I, that I do on a weekly basis is to come and to be able to serve. And, you know, when, when you know, various members of, of, our, of our group here, you know, after a particular service where maybe a, a song or two really touched you and that you really enjoyed it, you know, when you come up and say, man, I really love, you know, you played great this morning, man, thank you so much, you know, for serving. I, I can't tell you, and I'm, I'm sure that I can very, very confidently speak for the rest of the worship team, 
just how great that feels, you know, that, that's a payment, that, that reward, and, and the sound team that does so much for us, all the members of the team that, mm. you know, that put it on, and, you know, and I, I do want to add just one thing, um, it's okay to clap a little bit more sometimes <laughs> when we play, you're, you're more than welcome to cheer a little more often, and to, you know, woohoo, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, okay, I mean, obviously, <laughs> if you feel it, okay, I mean, you know, it's got to come from here, you know, yeah. it can't come from, you know, from, from us, but I just, I, I really thank you, and, um, and it's really a blessing and an honor mm. to, um, to serve and, and to be a, a member of this body. It's, it's truly, it's, 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 it's just amazing. What, what God, what Christ has done in our lives and, and continues to do is, you know, I don't deserve it, awesome. you know, just don't deserve it. Awesome. You know, it's wonderful. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Let me, uh, I'm going to pray for Joe. Don't sneak off too far. Um, <laughs> I'm going to pray for Joe, and then we're going to continue with a little bit more worship, and then uh, come back and have another opportunity for an interview. But Heavenly Father, God, would you be with Joe this morning? Um, would you, we just thank you that he uh, is willing to share his story with us. Thank you for the ways in which you've continually drawn him towards yourself, towards what you have for him, and towards all the ways in which he is loving you and loving serving you. God, as you continue to stir in his heart these new things and um, ways to stay engaged and connected in community, Lord, would you, would you guide him? Would you open the doors? Would you give him eyes to see the power of your majesty? We pray this in your name. Amen. Get to invite one of my favorite people up here now um, to talk, to share a little bit with you. So, Jennifer Johnson, can you please come on up? And I don't know how many of you know Jennifer, but if you don't, you need to get to know her because she's like amazing. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> so, she, she is my favorite person here amongst all of you, um, with all of you. I said, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, when we were planning this service, we were like kind of just praying over like who who has like little snippets of story that we've heard that we um, want to hear more of. And and Jennifer, immediately you came to my mind. Um, um, so yeah, you're gonna have to hold it up here just because every time we talk, I learn something new about you, and you're fascinating. So um, if you could start and just share us a little bit about your family and. You know, just so people that don't know you can I get to know to you. I always come here late to church, but I had to come early today, so they came a little <laughs> bit later. So my husband, Tom, my older one, Jonathan, and little Thomas Johnson. <laughs> yes. Great. Um, so um, we've been talking about journey. And so how? just tell us a little bit about your journey. Just, just go for it. Well, actually, I came a little bit ready, you know, just to talk about uh, what you told me to share some... Mm -hmm. Um, you're gonna have to hold testimony. It close. I know to you're give gonna testimony. Talk with your hands, okay, um, because you do that. So just hold it close. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> just to give a testimony of what God is making in my life. I mean, closer. Yeah, closer. Okay. Yeah, closer. Okay. Really okay. Close. Better. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, we can stay here all day long, but I think we all want to go home. You know, if I start talking about my. All my life, the story of my life. So, anyways, I'm just going to resume to this. Um, just a little bit of background with little Thomas. When he was born, he was born sick with such a rare disease that probably just one in one million get it. So, um, oh, if you hear me, <laughs> I'm such a crier. 
Tissues? Oh, okay. So, anyway, if he was born sick, um, he was born with diamond black fan anemia. That means his bone marrow doesn't produce red cells. So, for a long time, ever since, what, day one, he was born in the car, by the way. So, we were heading to the hospital, and, and he just pop, pop out. And then my husband was driving. We were going to West Hills Hospital. And then we were going to, actually he was born in, let me see, we were going to Alamo making a right on stairs. So he was born on stairs, close to the gas station. And then um, I told him, just go to the Simi Hospital. He knows, my husband knows where the Simi Hospital is. But then he was like, what is it, what is it, what is it? Take the exit here. And he was like, get out of my way, get out of my way. You know, all the cars, I was like, be careful because we don't want to have an accident here with a baby and on my chest. So anyways, the doctor said that probably because of that, the way that he was born, he was anemic. So all, he said probably, you know, his blood came down through the umbilical cordon, and that's why he's anemic. So he had the very first transfusion, probably when he was one week old. So, and then we discovered that was not the reason why he was being anemic. He got this disease, and um, anyways, our journey be began, right? So um, I remember that day, that night, you know, after what? probably two years later. He was having blood transfusions like every three, four weeks. And people with um, too much blood transfusions, all the iron builds up, whether in your heart, the liver, or any other organ. In his case, it was the liver. So um, I remember that day, I was so desperate. I was praying, and I didn't know what to do. I, I really need to make decisions that obviously was going to affect the rest of his life. And um, I mean, as a parent, you always want the best for your kids, right? And I didn't know what to do. So um, I remember that night, I just bent on my knees, and I just told God, you know what? I cannot handle this. So please be you the one who make the decisions for me. I cannot make any decision. So I was in between having a bone marrow transplant for him, which was supposed to be the only cure for him since no medicine was working for him. And then um, I wanted to change to another hospital because I didn't like the treatment they were giving him in the hospital where you know, he was having the treatment. So I didn't know what to do and I just remember I gave up that night and I remember the next morning I was cooking, probably, I was in the kitchen, I don't know, lunchtime, dinner time, I don't remember. And I remember this dream that um, I saw Jesus. Probably you're going to say that I'm crazy. <laughs> but yes, I am, actually. <laughs> but <clears throat> I had a dream of Jesus, and I saw Jesus, you know, um, you know, with his white outfit. I saw his back, I saw his um, hair, kind of like his shoulder, uh, kind of wavy and uh, brownish hair. I didn't see his face, just his back. And I remember he pointed to the sky saying that in the... <clears throat> he said, in the name of Jesus, and not in the name of God, Thomas is healed. And then um, that was it. Then I remember I was cooking the next day, and I was like, oh man, I have this dream with Jesus. And I was like, that was a beautiful dream. But then I was, oh, well, it was just a dream. 
And I was like, hmm, maybe that means something. But anyway, for me, it was beautiful. But then, months later, I remember I was going to Nueva Esperanza with Pastor Roberto Gione, because that was my church. Then we moved here, because my husband and kids don't understand Spanish. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I was going to the Bible class that night. That was on Wednesdays, every Wednesday, to some you know, brothers and sisters' house. And uh, I remember um, Hermano Ruben, sometimes I see them here, probably they are not here. But anyways, I remember that day, that night, actually on Wednesday, I don't remember exactly the date. Um, we were going to talk about how good God is. <laughs> and uh, we read this passage. I, can you help me to handle that Bible, please? Yeah, that one. Exodus, Exodus 33 from 19 to 20th. This is my Spanish Bible, and the reason I got it here is because I want to, I want to tell you, where is Exodus? Oh, here, here. Exodus 20, um, 33, from um, 18 to 23. So we were studying this specific um, chapter and verses. And if you see here, it says October 10, 27. I mean, yeah, 2007. So that was the day that we were having the, uh, the class. And I don't know if you, yeah, please. Um, so 18 through 23? Uh, 33, 18 okay. to 23. Okay. Then Moses had one more request. Please let me see your glorious presence, he said. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, the Lord, to you. I will show kindness to anyone I choose, and I will show mercy to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see uh, me and live. The Lord continued, stand here on this rock beside me. As my glorious presence passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed. Then I will remove my hand and you will see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. So when we were studying that, poop, my dream just came. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's my dream. And everybody was like, wow, what dream? So I told them, you know, about my dream. So basically, this to me, this was the answer from God telling me mm -mm, it wasn't just a simple dream. So, <laughs> so that was not a simple dream that um, I had to trust that um, Thomas uh, was going to be healed. And as a matter of fact, I have to share that he is. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that I always pray to God, you know, please God, if you ever give me any tough proofs in this life, please give me the tools to go through. And he did, actually. That was a very tough, tough proof. But um, after that, um, we found out, thank you. <laughs> thank you. So after that, we found out that Jonathan, his older brother, his only sibling, was a perfect match for a bone marrow transplant. So, oh my gosh, just, you know, that was a miracle 
just to find out that Jonathan, his only sibling, was a perfect match. I mean, they're so different from the outside, but they are like twins from the inside, you know, in the inside. So that was a miracle. And um, yeah, he had a bone transplant. Um, I moved him to another hospital that was awesome. The best doctors, you know, um, very nice doctors that he's still in treatment there because they have to see him every year. And I mean, they're awesome. They're awesome. And um, um, thank God, you know, he's here. I remember the day that I was leaving with Thomas to the hospital. Uh, he was going to have the process, you know, to start the bumero transplant. I remember having him. He was, what, probably three and a half years old or something like that, almost four. And um, I remember having him in the back of the car, and I was just looking at the front yard, you know, playing with his brother. I was picturing him, and I was like, um, uh, I'm taking him with me right now. I don't know if I'm coming back home with him. So, you know, I was fearing that something bad would go wrong. I mean, something will go wrong. And uh, then I remembered that dream and told me, what did I tell you? You have to trust that he will be healed. And thank God, he is. So, we have a couple more minutes. Um, Don't ask me tough questions. I'm not going to tough you. And you saw him, I think. Um, So just, like, how has community um, played a part in it and having others around you in your journey? Oh, well, you know what? Um, I grew up as a Catholic, and this is my Catholic. No, actually, Pastor Roberto gave me this one, but I have another Catholic um, Bible. So I grew up as a Catholic uh, all the time, you know, with nuns and school, praying the rosary, and if you ask me right now, I I don't even know how to pray the rosary, but um, yeah, actually when I, well, I've been here in this country for what, 17 years, almost 17 years next month, so when we moved from Woodland Hills, when we got married, we were living in Woodland Hills, then we moved here to Simi Valley, so I didn't know anybody, and um, I think I met Pastor Roberto through my mom, because she started church, and then um, they knew, obviously, about um, Thomas's case. And uh, sisters and brothers and Pastor Roberto, you know, they always tried to comfort me and, you know, uh, inviting me to come to church. But I was kind of like, you know what? I grew up in a Catholic church. Why should I go to a Christian church? And then, um, I mean, I love it. I love it. I like it. But like I said, you know, I mean, my heart is still with them. But we moved here because, you know... I, my husband was coming with me, and the kids were little, so they didn't understand anything. But poor guy, you know, he was always like falling asleep in the Spanish, you know, in the Spanish uh, church. So <laughs> then we knew about this church, which is, you know, basically in the same building. And we came here one day, and oh my gosh, it was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And we've been here ever since, probably. Well, Thomas now is 13. Uh, probably since he was like two years, so it's been like 11 years probably here in the church. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you know, the community always helps yeah. too. Well, we are so glad that you are part of Thank our you. family here. And Thank sorry, you. Thomas, if that was completely embarrassing the whole time, because I know you're a junior higher. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to pray for Jennifer. Um, and I'm sorry. So sorry if we did that to you. But um, I'm going to pray for Thank pray you. for you. Um, here, I can take that. So okay. Ah, 
God, dear God, I just thank you for my sister Jennifer here, Lord, and um, just continue to lift her up in her walk with you, Lord, and just thank you that she was willing to share um, this this really precious uh, time in her life, Lord, and and we just thank you for the healing that you have done in Thomas, Lord, and and just please continue to uh, strengthen this family. Um, and grow them into uh, the followers that, that you love so dearly. And we just thank you um, and uh, continue in this journey together with you and them. Amen. Thank you. So thanks. So hopefully you got to know a little bit. And so make sure you go talk to Joe or Jennifer after church and get, you know, share your story a little bit. So now we're going to transition to announcements. Um, again, I know this is strange, but we're, we're going to do this together. Um, so you have a Connect card, so make sure you grab the Connect card out of your bulletin. If you, for some reason, it fell out or you lost one, steal one from your neighbor or, you know, raise your hand and an usher can probably grab you one. Or, um, so please, prayer requests as a staff and the prayer team, we love to pray for you, fill those out. There's lots of ways to get connected on the back. We're trying to make it very easy for you, so you're only checking a box. Um, and then we give you the information. We can call you or we can email it with you, uh, to you. So um, yes, the marathon is going on. I am in my World Vision orange today. I don't normally wear orange, but on special occasions. So while we are encouraging our brothers and sisters that are running, we are actually starting signups for the 6K, um, which is also to raise money. It all goes to um, Covenant Kids Congo in bringing fresh water to people that don't have it. So out on the table, there are little postcards out there on the very orange table. Uh, make sure you grab one of the postcards and sign up. This is not a run. This is a nice leisurely walk if you want to walk. You can run. Um, if you need to push a wheelchair or have somebody push a wheelchair, we actually had a family do that, which was awesome. We had lots of strollers. We had dogs. You can actually register your dog as a child, I heard, um, if, you know, if, if you're so inclined. Um, so please consider joining us on May 4th for the Global 6K. It's actually, um, we have a video. I almost forgot. Hopefully it'll actually play.